0: Welcome to season two, episode 31 of the Eat Nimra podcast. It may cost you 10 bucks to park on the lawn, but this podcast is 100% free. I'm host Josh Thomas, alongside co-host Troy Durrell and Josh Bain. Our third co-host, Jake Wright, is unfortunately not able to make it today. He's not really feeling well, uh, so we will do this one without him. And it's an exciting one as we uh, talk a little bit about a 23-16 to victory by the Hamilton Tiger Cats over the Ottawa Red Blacks, but more importantly, focus in on a matchup with the Montreal Alouettes in the e- uh, CFL Eastern semifinal um, so I guess first and foremost, guys, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the meaningless victory over the Ottawa Red Blacks?
1: Uh, Jamie Newman is him. Uh, Seth Small is him. And I will leave the, the last person for Troy because that's his guy. Yeah. Terry Godwin
2: is also him. At least he, at least he was on Saturday. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, obviously everyone knows it was a meaningless game. Just try to get out with. No injuries and all that. We talked about that last week. But, uh, I mean, hey, it's always good to win um, going into the playoffs, especially Hamilton's won five of the last six. And uh, you would have listened to us on the pod right after Labor Day. Um, I don't think any of us would have foreseen that coming. So it uh, it's nice to be going into playoffs now and uh, have the team seemingly – playing pretty well and uh you know danny austin made a tweet the other day about that you could make a legitimate case for all six teams going into playoffs like they have a case to win the Grey cup and i i agree with that like even teams like hamilton they're eight and ten i think they're a much better team than eight and ten they're or they're much better than their record they probably should have won a couple more games early in the year, but obviously they didn't. But Montreal beat Winnipeg. Hamilton beat Winnipeg. Hamilton beat Calgary. Calgary beat Hamilton. You know, it's just like every team has proven they've been able to beat one another. So hopefully this is uh, one of the most exciting playoffs that we had in a long time.
0: Hamilton crept back into somewhere near respectability. Somehow with their yeah. record. 8-10 and ten is not as...
1: Not, not where you thought you'd day finish
0: day. it you at job. four and ten.
2: Yeah. 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 That's it's not it's not where we would have wanted it at the beginning of the year, but had you told us Hamilton was going to be four and ten at one point, I think we would have taken eight and ten.
0: And the, and it's in a
2: playoff spot,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, like exactly. And the east, man, like Hamilton, you know, they lost two of how many times did they played Toronto, three times. They lost two of three or four times. Yeah, they've lost three of four, but they were missing Dane Evans for the one game. And, you know, they're, they're a completely different team, even when they played Montreal a month ago. Like, they're I'll this, different. I would so say this
0: right now. Yeah. Toronto, Toronto, give them, give them the credit they deserve, whatever. They, they won those football games. Hamilton beat themselves in every single one of those football games. If Hamilton doesn't have major issues going on, on the offensive side of the ball in those football games, they don't lose. That's just, that might be a biased take a homer take, but it, it all through every single time we've lost Toronto, there has been major problems. There's it's not in anywhere near their best game.
2: Yeah. Well, and Hamilton has held the lead in uh, every single one of those games, like Labor yeah. Day, yeah, it was only eight points, and it was, um, or maybe maybe it was less than that. But I mean, Labor Day, I would can honestly count that as a wash. Jamie Newman playing in his first CFL game. I think Jamie Newman will be a decent CFL quarterback, but results in your first start are never really that favorable. So
1: unless your name um, is Nathan Mark.
2: yeah. <laughs> That's 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 true, but he's he though like a guy like Nathan Rourke, a guy like Dane Evans, a guy like uh, even Dane. I guess his first career start um, was against BC, and I think he or Saskatchewan, and he played pretty decently. Um, but you know, like a guy like Nathan Rourke or Bo Levi Mitchell, like having outstanding uh, first games, that's obviously a rarity, right? So um, yeah, they've they've had a chance to win. Every game against Toronto, they've had a chance to win every game against Montreal. And while they have losing records to both teams, um, I definitely think there is a strong possibility of Hamilton coming out of the East. And that's obviously partially biased. But if I try to take my non, like if I take my Ticats hat off and you look at the facts of how the last part of the season has gone, I don't think anyone would argue that Hamilton has probably been the best of the four Eastern teams since Labor Day. So no. it's kind of hard to go against that.
0: Yeah, I agree. The most surprising team out of the East for me would be the Argos. Montreal wouldn't surprise me. Montreal scares me in this game. Hamilton has a, a one and two record against them. And um, it has just seemed to come down to weird stuff at the end of the game in Montreal. Um both times this season and they've had the edge um, for whatever reason. So uh, I don't love this matchup. I kind of said that before, but if, if Hamilton wins this week, I am not scared of McLeod Bethel Thompson and the Toronto Organauts whatsoever, especially at this time of year um, in what will be a home game for us. So, yeah, um, I don't,
2: I could, I could see I, – I disagree with you a little bit. I could see the Argos qualifying for the Grey Cup, but if it is due to that, it will be on the backs of their defense who has been un- like, has unbelievably unreal. well this year. Yeah, like, yeah. like they, Jamal they Peters been... has
1: balled out. he and yeah. like, That's one guy that will scare me going into Toronto is Jamal Peters because he goes to where the ball is, and he's picked us off, what, yeah. the five times in those games?
0: Yeah. Hey, Evans man I don't know what you have to do to not throw the ball at Jamal peters but he has a pick every single time he plays us just don't throw the ball at Jamal peters
1: yeah
2: <laughs> Winton McManus is another one yeah. um, they have some guys like jagarrett Davis has been one of their like most ineffective players on defense and we know we've seen it the last two years he was in Hamilton we know how good jaguar davis could be right so um yeah. i like as i said i don't obviously i'm not hoping for toronto to make it through but uh i i could see a scenario where their defense just plays unreal and they only need to win one game right so i could see a scenario well, I see where their defense I-, I can is see all three. these final and yeah they make it to the great cup but yeah it's uh it's definitely anyone's ball game, and like even Winnipeg, like Winnipeg is look fantastic all season long,
1: except against Hamilton.
2: Yeah, and even then they still put up what thirty-one points. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't foresee their defense. It would be nice if Hamilton played Winnipeg again in the Grey Cup and put up forty-nine points, but I don't foresee a scenario where the Bombers' defense is giving up more than thirty. Troy. But, Troy. I don't. Yes. I don't
0: want to interrupt. You. I really don't want to because you know I already have once, but I just don't ever want to hear the sentence. It would be nice if the Ty Cats played the Bombers in the Grey Cup again. No, well, it would not. No, I'm no, just
2: it would if, not. If if, in if, they, any if, they way. Played, if they played Winnipeg in the Grey Cup and we saw a result that we did a month and a half ago, would you be upset about that? No, no.
0: obviously.
1: Oh man, yeah. Reed and Amanda are getting earfuls but until
0: until that point until there's zeros on the clock i'm
2: not happy about playing winnipeg no no me neither me neither but i mean and then hell the west nathan rourke is back which we didn't even really talk that much about last week and the fact that he actually got into a game um and looked Half decent, coming off of an injury. Um, Plus, they're playing at home. Sounds like their stadium is going to be pretty packed. Uh, Like, there's there's so many avenues that I could look at every single team that's in the playoffs and go, yeah. If this happens, I could see Calgary winning the Grey Cup. If this happens, I could see Montreal winning the Grey Cup. If this happens, I could see BC, Hamilton, Winnipeg, Toronto. Like, I could see all of these teams winning the great cup. And usually when we go into playoffs to me, at least like last year, I thought we were way better than Montreal. Like I didn't think Montreal had any chance of making the great cup game.
1: Once Patrick and, levels opened his stupid mouth, it was over.
2: Well, that, that too. But uh, then that really cursed them. Cause I, that always, karma always plays a big role in sports. I don't care what anyone says, but like, there are plausible reasons for each team to make, the Grey Cup and win this year, which I just think makes for such an enticing next couple of weeks um, because, you know, a team just needs to peak at the right time, like yeah. Hamilton is doing. And I read a piece today, like just before we hopped on the pod from Josh Smith, and he was saying that only one team in the last like 25 years or whatever that have had seven or less wins have won the Grey Cup. There's been like four, I believe, in the last 15 that have had eight wins. Ottawa uh, 2016 was the most recent one. Toronto had nine wins. So, like, you know, it it is possible. And it seems like Hamilton might be that team this year that has gotten hot at the right time and, you know, are playing two teams that, while, yes, the season series didn't go their way, um, that might not necessarily be a bad thing, you know, cause I also believe in like, oh, um, beating a team too many times in a row, eventually they're going to beat you like Toronto losing to them three times. Yeah. Like that sucked. Obviously we're, we're never happy losing to Toronto, but if we play Toronto in the East final, um, I don't think they're that much better than us that they would win four out of five. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just really intriguing, really exciting. Um, you can tell that it's playoff football. It's Halloween as we record today. And uh, weather's starting to cool off and all that. And that means playoffs is uh, right around the corner. And I could not be more excited about it. Roy's fired up
0: for the CFO playoffs. I Man, I am too. I agree. Oh, I, yeah. think, uh, I think you're 100% right. Any of the six teams could win. I said I'd be most surprised if Toronto made it out of the East. I just think that's how I feel with how things are shaking out right now, but any team could make it out of the East and win. Like you said, Toronto's got a home game. You know, they, they have to put together one good 60 minute football game and they're in the great cup. So um, it's anyone's game. And I think that's, what's really enticing about the CFL. There's um, there's a time there comes a time in the NFL where you kind of know what your final eight, four, even two, Uh, in some cases is going to look like unless there's major upsets. Um, Sometimes it's like that in the CFL last year, the bombers and Ticats were far and away the best teams in in that playoff. Right. So at least I felt that the the Ticats were the far and away best team in the East um, with the right personnel and Winnipeg was obviously Winnipeg. So, um, but again, this year, it, it could be anyone we're going to we're getting a little off topic, though, because we are going to preview the Montreal game a little more in depth specifically. But I know you wanted to touch on um, something that I want to talk about um, big time in Seth Small and his uh, new franchise record.
2: Yeah, so there, there are two points. Again, the game against Ottawa, meaningless. It was nice to see some guys get in there. Matthew Schultz, he played pretty well. Dane Evans in limited action, other than the fact he got sacked a couple of times. Had Josh scared for his life that he was going to be injured. Um, was, which, no, I swear to God,
1: he got sacked, and he like like shook his hand like it hurt, like his bad hand like it hurt, and I was petrified for my life.
2: Dumb. Yeah. It made it – why I don't – like. And I saw a comment on Twitter, so I guess we're going to have a bit of a conversation about this, but I saw a comment on Twitter that from a reporter saying that, uh, like, getting Dane Evans into the game was maybe to test out his hand. Well, okay, then why wouldn't you start him? Let him go for a series, be like, yeah, okay, my hand feels fine, and then just play Schiltz and uh, Newman, Newman the rest of the game. Like... I mean, it's it's good to see he played pretty well once he got past that. But I mean, you know, I guess it's good to have both quarterbacks having a little bit of confidence heading into playoffs, but why why put your quarterback at risk at that point? Uh,
0: I'm, I'm gonna give you the pardon the interruption special on this one. I'll give you one word for this, no matter the explanation. Stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. There's no circumstance. He should have been in a hot tub. He should not have dressed. That is stupid. Your starting quarterback. A starting quarterback who's been injured in the past three playoffs.
1: Stupid. Like, I get it. Like, I'm going off what Troy said, but uh, see how he feels, like, up to game speed? Like he said, give him the first drive. See how he feels. Because you're not playing the starters. So I'm pretty sure Lorenzo Malden didn't check in until in the second half. That's why I I noticed him making noise because, like, he's a fucking menace. But, like, get him in there first, first drive or two, see how he feels. Like, don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand game
0: speed. I don't be if you're a quarterback with a hand issue because you're not, like, you can practice game speed handoffs, you can practice throwing the ball at velocity. Why do you need to? Test it with guys bearing down on you and risk a sack or more.
1: Maybe he Maybe he just wanted to feel how it felt to get hit. And you know his D linemen aren't going to hit him.
0: That's why you have a coaching staff. It's not men's league where you're where you're where you're coached or where you're where you're player coached. You know, in the NFL, it doesn't ca- They don't care what. You know, for lack of a better term, they don't care. Bill Belichick wouldn't care what Tom Brady wanted if he's got the division completely locked up and there's a meaningless game. Tom Brady's sitting
1: on his ass. Good thing Tom Brady plays for Tampa Bay now. Yeah, Nimrod. You're telling
0: me Belichick and Brady is not a good sports reference right now? That's what you're trying to tell me. You don't. You don't think I know that Tom Brady plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and won a Super Bowl with them? But you're, t- you're going to try and tell me that, that Bill Belichick to Tom Brady is not a good reference.
1: No, use a real reference like Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins, baby.
0: Yeah. That one
2: landed, Josh. Regardless. It did. It did. Re- like, regardless, regardless. Right off topic. It wasn't, I, don't, I don't think it was the smartest decision, but, I mean, he got through the game okay I mean, I would be very surprised if he wasn't the starter on Sunday. Um, oh, yeah. Schultz, Schultz will play. Schultz will get in. They'll kind of do the uh, two quarterbacks on, or will, they'll sub them off for a play and let Schultz come in to run or do whatever. But, uh, I mean, it is nice seeing Schultz play well. And the last few times he's played, like, he's come in and executed the offense fairly well. And if something was to happen to Dane in playoffs, I said this last week and, or if he was to go down with his hand injury or anything like that, um, I feel quite confident in Matthew Schultz um, being able to play and uh, leading Hamilton to uh, success. So um, yeah, it just, it just was kind of an odd decision. And coach O said earlier in the week that, yeah, Dane's going to play how much we don't know. Um but I kind of when I read that I go, oh yeah, like he'll start the game, he'll play a series, and then he'll be out for the rest of the game. But he played like a good portion. I, if or if I didn't get to watch the game, I was working. But he played all of the second half. I'm fairly sure. So or most of the second half. So just yeah, I guess it was just kind of an interesting decision, but uh, it's one that they made, and I guess uh, I guess we got to deal with it.
0: So he will. In all likelihood, be the starter. I don't know why. I feel a Matthew Schiltz. I feel a Matthew Schiltz touchdown in this game. I don't think it's gonna happen. Like because Dane's hurt, I think it'll be designed. Maybe like he has to come in on like a, a a short yardage play, or maybe it's just a like like a short yardage play at the goal line, or maybe it's a short yardage play near like the 20 or 30, and he gives you a little fake. But I just feel a Matthew Schiltz touchdown coming in this uh, East semi.
1: Yeah, in in, in sure. his old home, just
0: that yeah. That, sort of that I, I just that's what I mean, man. You know, he's going back to Montreal. They're in Montreal. I, I just, I guess I just said the same thing twice, but playing Montreal in Montreal is kind of what I mean. And uh, yeah, I just, I just, he's been good for us. Done everything we've we've uh, asked of him, and kind of like you said, Troy, sports is karma, and maybe maybe Matty Schultz deserves some good karma this week.
2: Yeah, I mean he's a class A guy. We we know that. We had him on the pod. I think he was the favorite interview of ours um, this off season. So he yeah, was, I he mean was, he was like could, a bros bro
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, loved him.
2: If he if he was to get some good karma and have that happen where he scored a crucial touchdown against Montreal in a playoff game, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. Oh yeah, so absolutely. But the original point that you wanted to talk about was yes. Seth Small. Um, <laughs> he set a franchise record of, for field goal accuracy of over 40 attempts. Is that correct, Josh? With a minimum of 40. A minimum of 40 attempts. And he was in the 90 point, I think it was like 90.9% or something like that. So um, that, that was pretty crazy to see. Um, it's been super nice, obviously, having a consistent kicker. Uh, for a good portion of the year, and uh, then Stephen Dunbar, senior, we're not going to call him junior because he owns the Ottawa Redblacks. Uh, <laughs> he he uh, he is his father. He is their father. Um, he he went over a thousand yards, so it, that was good to see. And then the two running backs as well, Sean Thomas Erlington and uh, West Hills, both of them were terrific. So. Um, Josh, do you have uh, something you want to add?
1: Yes, it's going to be like a bit of a piping take that might catch you both off guard. But Seth Small has topped Johnny Manziel as my favorite alumni from Texas A&M. As oh he my God, he Actually, George. did something in the CFL. This
0: is a good day.
1: Yeah, finally. Like me, me and Seth's wife, we have like we're like friends, I guess you could say, in a weird way. Because I always tell her to kiss her husband for me. And the last two times it's happened, we've won, so it's good luck. So shout out Rachel Small. Keep kissing your husband for me.
2: Yeah, kiss her three more times, Rachel. Or kiss him three more times, Rachel. (laughs) That's all we need. All we need. And then I will personally, I will personally drive up to Hamilton and I will myself sculpt a Seth Small statue outside of Tim Horton's. Let's go. (laughs) We need it so bad.
1: (laughs) I will do it with my bare hands. We're going to rename it 47 field and everything.
2: <laughs> he doesn't yeah, even know how to sculpt. Anything. <laughs> it will look horrible, but you remember that Ronaldo, the Ronaldo head back. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> like who that. listens to this podcast will know exactly who it is. Even if Absolutely it looks nothing weird. like him.
0: So uh, I'm going to try and be less weird with this. Uh <laughs> I can't tell you how nice it is to have someone this consistent. I didn't even, I mean, I, I, again, I said this last week, I expected it. Did not expect it to this degree. Um, Nine out of 10 is crazy. And uh, he's just been so good all year. And if you look at his misses, like they're not, I think his last miss was from 53. So it's not like he's missing a chip shot. Uh, he's just been, He's been lights out. He's been everything you want in a place kicker. Um, And, yeah, I'm just so, so happy to have him where he is. And and I'm happy, like I said, I think last week with the entire special teams unit, the way they are headed into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, for weeks I was pretty positive that Lawrence Woods was going to be Hamilton's uh, special teams nominee. But, I mean, how can you not uh, give it to Seth Small after what he – after what he did over the, however many games, fourteen I think it was, fifteen games he played, thirteen I don't I don't know the exact number, but uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy what he's done, and uh, hopefully he can continue it into playoffs. Love it,
1: just got. I think,
2: it. I think that kind of leads us transitions us into uh, our next topic of conversation, which is the CFL award nominees.
1: Josh, you had them written down. Did you want me to go over the nominees, or do you want to go over ours first?
2: Go over ours first, and then go over nominees, and we'll pick new ones based off the
1: actual nominees. All right. So, to start it off, we'll go with myself. Uh, for most outstanding player, I had Simone Lawrence. Most outstanding defensive player, I had Jamal Roll. Most outstanding Canadian was Kean Schaefer-Baker. Most outstanding special teams was Nick Cross. Uh, the spiciest take I think from all the boys, most outstanding O lineman was Jesse Gibbon. Uh, we did breakout player instead of rookie of the year because that's really hard to like pinpoint on who's gonna like get get reps. So my breakout player was Brady Oliveira, and my coach of the year prediction with Coach O uh, JT. His MOP was Nathan Rourke. His uh, defensive player was Simone. Uh, his Canadian most outstanding Canadian was also Nathan Rourke. Uh, his special teams was Tanner Green. That's another spicy, hot one. Uh, (laughs) uh, Most outstanding O-Lyman was Chris Van Zyle. His breakout player was uh, Killikam Kelly. And he was the only one of us to not pick Coach O for Coach of the Year. And he went with Mike O'Shea. Uh, Our buddy Troy, his MOP was Bo Levi Mitchell. Oof. (laughs) Most outstanding defensive player was Simone Lawrence. Oof. Most outstanding Canadian was Nathan Rourke. Uh, Special teams, Brett Louther. Uh, O-line was Zach McEwen. Uh, His breakout player was Mason Bennett, and he had Coach O for Coach of the Year. Uh, Our pal Jake, who is not with us tonight, Uh, rest in peace. He had Bo Levi-Mitchell at MOP. Simone Lawrence, at most outstanding defensive player. He had Tunde Adelike at Most Outstanding Canadian. Sergio Castillo for special teams. Chris Van Zyl for most outstanding O-Lineman. He had Killicam for his breakout and Cocho as well for Coach of the Year. And then uh, our socials guy, Odin, he threw his picks in there and I like we asked him for it or anything. Uh, he had Braylon Addison, MOP, which could have been a good shout, I think, if he stayed, stayed healthy. He also had Simone as most outstanding defensive player. Uh, Kian Schaefer-Baker at Most Outstanding Canadian. Mario Alford at Special Teams. Brandon Revenberg for Most Outstanding O-Lineman. Nathan Rourke for his breakout player. And then Coach O for his Coach of the Year. And now we're going through all the fun stuff, huh? All right. BC's award nominees. Uh, For Most Outstanding Player, Nathan Rourke. Most Outstanding Defensive Player, Gary Peters. Nathan work also for most outstanding Canadian uh, Sean white for most outstanding special teams player, Joel Figueroa for most outstanding O-lineman. Oh, shit. I wrote this horribly. Give me a second. And then uh, for the rookie of the year, they had Emmanuel Rugamba. Did I pronounce that correctly. And then, um, from the Calgary Stampeders, the most outstanding player was Kitty and Carey. Most outstanding defensive player was Sean Lemon. Most outstanding Canadian was Cameron Judge. Uh, offensive lineman, Derek Dennis. Special teams, Renee Paredes, and the rookie was Peyton Logan. Uh, the Edmonton Elks had Kenny Lawler for most outstanding defensive player. Defensive player was Jake Cerezna. Uh, Their most outstanding Canadian was Adam Konar. Uh, offensive lineman was Mark Cort. Special teams was Christian Salisbury and the rookie was Kevin Brown. The, Saskatch- the Saskatchewan Choke Riders. Oh, on one second, I'll read you that when Troy gets back in.
2: Good. Yeah, sorry, Amanda just called. Okay,
1: and then she said, uh, she said hi. By the way, hi, Amanda. Um, then the Saskatchewan choke riders, they had Darnell Sankey for most outstanding player and defensive player, uh, Kean Schaefer-Baker for most outstanding Canadian, their O-lineman was Logan Furland, special teams, Mario Alford, and their rookie was Frankie Hickson. Then to wrap up the West division with the Blue Bombers, they had Zach Caleros for MOP, Willie Jefferson for defensive player, Nick Dembski for Canadian. Stanley Bryan once again, for Most out, most Outstanding Offensive Linemen. Janarian Grant on the special teams. And Rookie of the Year nominee was Dalton Schoen? 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 Schoen. Schoen. And the Rookie of the Year nomination was Dalton Schoen. Then jump on over to the East Division. We'll start off with our Ticats. Uh, Him White for MOP. JSK for Most Outstanding MFT. Defensive Player. Uh, Tunde for Most Outstanding Canadian. Brandon Revenberg for offensive lineman, and then Seth Small for special teams and rookie. Uh, To head on down to QEW, uh, their MOP nominee was JT's favorite player, McLeod Bethel Thompson. What? What? Are you kidding me? No. He leads the league in passing yards, brother. Oh, get
0: off it, man. D- with their defense, you're going to tell me
1: that McLeod BLT is the MOP? Get out of here. Leave. <laughs> right back to regular schedule programming. On the defensive side of the ball is Winton McManus. Uh, their most outstanding Canadian is Curly Gittins. Offensive lineman is Dejon Allen. On special teams. Daniel out of Adab- Yeah, that sounds right. Out of I think it is. And then their rookie is Gregor McKellar. That's a name for the Hall of Fame. What True. a Hall of Fame name. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, for Ottawa, they had Lorenzo Malden for MOP and defensive player. Uh, Nate Behart for Canadian. Uh, Mr. Fake Vax Passport, Jacob Ruby for most offense most outstanding offensive lineman. On the special teams, Louis Philippe Boraza. I hope I pronounced that right. And then uh, Devontae Williams was their nominee for most outstanding rookie. Then to wrap it up, uh, Gino Lewis for MOP for Montreal. Adarius Pickett for most outstanding defensive player. Marc Antoine Decoy for most outstanding Decoy. Canadian. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> uh, most outstanding offensive lineman Landon Rice, special teams Chandler Worthy, and then their rookie nomination was Tyson Philpot. Some pretty good names on that list. Yeah, a few, a few one, a few shockers, but uh all in all, I think they're good nominees. Who, who, who do you think's the shocker on there? Um, shit. Um, seeing Tim White as mop for us was kind of a bit of a shocker because I thought. JSK had both sides locked up. But uh, all in all, I'm happy with it.
2: Timothy guess- White, bro.
1: Just, oh.
2: JT's yeah. still disgusted about uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson.
0: Disgusted. Disgusted one? that he, they would nominate him for MOP. Just name it. Uh, you might as well, I guess, just the quarterback award.
1: No offense to Seth Small, but Keandre Smith deserved our most outstanding rookie, and I'm standing on that.
2: What? Come on, no man. No way. Come on.
0: Seth Small's not gonna get a second season because he's gonna be in the NFL.
2: If he gets looks, he's gone. Josh's Josh's takes on like just random Canadian players on the Ty Cats is out, outsta- like just astounding to me. Like first he was on the I mean Keandre Smith has been pretty good this year. But uh first he goes with Jesse Gibbon as his most outstanding offensive lineman. And then hey, we and went that, to high and school. Then that that's, right my boy.
1: that's my boy. Yeah,
2: that's that's you yeah, can't leave him alone for the given one. Come
0: on. That's that's dirty. That's dirty, Troy. Come on, he went I'm down. just
1: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. At least my selection didn't get benched. So yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Swat, he was never <laughs> really a starter.
2: That's he so started, much worse. He, he started the season and then got benched because he was bad. I mean, we got Colter Wood. And, the, and then and then got traded. But regardless, I'm going to make my uh, new picks for uh, the player awards. Um, Zach Kolaros, I would have gone, if it were me, if I had like a choice to actually pick. Who would win? It would be Nathan Rourke, but Zach Claros is going to win MLP again. Um, most outstanding defensive player, I'm going to go with Sean Lemon. Canadian is obviously Nathan Rourke. Uh, offensive lineman will probably be Stanley Bryant. Uh, special teams. Um, I want to say, I think Seth Small could very well be the East nominee, but I think that the award is going to go to Mario Alford and rookie is pretty should be unanimous. It should be Dalton Schoen. Um, so those are those are my picks for uh, for the awards when they happen uh, at the end of the month. For sure.
1: What do um, you got for us, buddy?
0: Uh, I agree with the MOP selection. Uh, I also agree that I'd like Nathan Rourke to win it, but I just don't think that he's played enough this season to get um, the votes. And I think Zach Kolaros has been Zach Kolaros again. Um, So I think he wins the MOP. I think Nathan Rourke wins the MOC. Um, he is quite obviously the most outstanding Canadian. I think any time you have you're injured for that amount of time and um, you're still in the conversation for MOP and rightfully so, I would say. Uh, I, I think you kind of, de- by default, deserve that MOC. I don't think there's a more impactful Canadian in the league right now um, when he's healthy. So I'll take him there as well. Um, on special teams. Oh man. I got it. I got to be biased and give it to my guys. That small. I really do. I think just, I've seen kickers win it with that, with high accuracy before is my argument. Um, I don't think it's a great argument. I kind of probably more realistically lean towards Troy's pick. um, However, I have seen kickers taken home with high accuracy, and this is, like, it's not highest ever, but it's close. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have Seth Small there. Defense, defensive player of the year, man. Uh I'll go with Sean Lemon. I think he's probably going to win it. He's been around forever. He's got the most pedigree behind his name. And
1: Lemon drops, likely, baby.
0: That'll likely earn him a few votes. And yeah, I think that I think Sean Lemon wins D P O Y. And then rookie Dalton Schoon.
1: Josh, who you got uh, for MOP, I think it's unanimous. Uh, was Zach Caleros. Um, my most outstanding defensive player, got to keep it a little bit of a homer take, but JSK, he's been a menace for us all year. He's He really stepped into the role as a leader on defense when Sim went down, and it really showed. So I feel like he's very deserving. But, like, all the players who are nominated, like, as you guys said, Sean Lemon, great year, Lorenzo Malden, Willie Jefferson, Darnell Sankey, like, they're all... Like very plausible picks for, but I still got to go with uh, JSK for most outstanding Canadian. Like, I'm at a toss up between Rourke and Schaefer Baker, but like, I mean, either win, I'll be happy, but like, I think it's just going to be Rourke just for what he's done in the, in the short period of time before the injury. Um, my most outstanding O lineman will be Derek Dennis before his injury. I think he had like the lowest amount of sacks given up in the league amongst O-Lyman. So he was playing really, really lights out. Uh My most outstanding special teams will also be Seth Small. Uh, AK-47 on his leg is automatic. And my most outstanding rookie will also be Dalton Schoen because he's just been electric for the Bombers in the departure of Kenny Waller. True.
2: Well, oh, there you have it, folks. Uh, should we do our predictions here before we uh, wrap up this episode of the pod?
0: Well, hold on. Hold on. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the tail of the tape first. Um,
2: Man, I'm trying to talk to my wife. over
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go talk to your <laughs> wife then, Troy. We're trying to talk with the Tigers. <laughs> Gavin we'll be McKenna. Uh, so the, the tight guys do play the Montreal Alouettes. They have a one or two record against them. They obviously took a 24 to 17 victory home in week eight, uh, but unfortunately took a 29, 28 loss in week nine to Montreal and followed that up with a 23 to 16 loss in week 16 to Montreal. Um, Hamilton does have actually the slight edge in Uh, The offensive department, they have a slightly higher uh, yards per game and pass per game average. However, that's very slight. We're talking like 369.7 yards to 359.5 yards for Montreal. So the offenses are in the same area. Hamilton does, however, possess the second best in all technicalities run defense in the CFL. Um, They lead the league in every single category in rushing except for points allowed per game. They have actually allowed fewer yards than the, um, best rush defense in the league. The Winnipeg blue bombers, just kind of how CFL dossier shakes it out. Um, the bombers allow fewer points per game off the rush, and therefore have the best rush defense in the league. The Alouettes sit at eight in that department. Um, obviously a key stat given, um, how we expect Williams stand back to feature in this game. Um, And just in the turnover battle, Montreal does have the edge as well. Um, They average a slightly higher uh, in fumbles per game and uh, turnovers per game. Uh, However, they have fewer passes defended per game. So those are your quick stats that are all available for you on cfl.ca if you'd like to take a closer look at them. Um, but that is your tail of the tape for the Eastern semifinal. So who do you boys got knowing what we've seen between the Ticats and
1: the Owls this season? Josh, you go first, buddy. Um, I think all those games we played against Montreal were runnable for us. Did I think the one game came down to – A Geno Lewis touchdown, did it not? I feel like he Yeah, Yeah, Geno
2: Lewis touchdown, and then the other game came down to Geno Lewis making a big catch to get him in field goal range.
1: Yeah, so all you have to do is blitz the hell out of Trevor Harris and make sure you keep Geno Lewis under wraps, and I think we have nothing really to worry about. If Dane can play the game, we know he can play, and we just rush Trevor Harris... Geno Lewis, we win this game.
2: Yeah, uh, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, uh, shut down William Stanback, and uh, you limit the damage that Gino Lewis can do. And uh, I like Hamilton's chances as well. Um, we talked about it earlier in the podcast. I think they're the hottest team coming into the at least the East Division, maybe not in the entire CFL. Even though you could make an argument for that as well. Um, I think they have. Uh, they definitely have the most kind of playoff experience. Um, they I like to call them other than I guess winning the actual Grey Cup. They're kind of the been there, done that high cats um, when it comes to making it to the Grey Cup. So um, yeah, I like I like Hamilton as well if they're able to limit Geno Lewis and uh, you lose to the Alouettes because Trevor Harris. Um, beats you with his other receivers. Uh, I guess you'll live with that, but uh, yeah, limit Geno Lewis and try to stop William stand back, and I think that's a pretty good recipe for success for Hamilton. Here's
0: my worst take of all time on this game. Absolutely nothing will surprise me. If we go out and we we lose in a close game, it's not going to surprise me if we go out and we win in a close game. It's not going to surprise me, and it won't surprise me if we dominate. Um, it, it'll kind of surprise me if we get dominated, just given the way we've played. I, 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 don't, I, I honestly do not know what to expect heading into this game. I kind of agree with you guys in the sense of logistically how you've broken it down. Um, however, it just never works that way going into you know the playoffs and in the cfl there's always some weird stuff that happens and extenuating factors that we didn't foresee and i just feel like this one is going to be another one of those those playoff classics that it's going to be a shootout and it's going to come down to the wire and uh yeah i think we're in for an exciting one but i I have no idea how it's going to go um if you really want a prediction, I mean, we're all going to pick the tie cats. I'm going to pick the tie cats, but I, I, have no
2: idea how it's going to go. I'll take, I'll take cats in, in overtime. Oh, please don't make it go to overtime. That would give me a heart attack. I, I, that's
0: that's just die. how I. That's that's how it feels for me.
2: That's fair. As long as Hamilton wins, I guess I'm okay with it. So, but. Yeah. And then I guess the West semi, we didn't really talk much about it, but it's uh, BC and Calgary. Uh, Nathan Rook is back. Obviously um, Jake Mayer's leading the Stampeders into BC place, which as mentioned earlier, I think it should be a pretty rowdy atmosphere. Um, they're opening up the upper level and uh, man, if they could get BC place uh, pretty jam packed, I think that would make for a, uh, for a great game, but just, I like the stamps. I like Jake Mayer. Um, My mom would be upset if she heard this prediction by me, but uh, I'm going to go with the lions. Um, I think they're going to win in a field goal. I just, I really want to see Nathan Rourke uh, against Zach Claros in the West West final. I think that would be terrific for our game, terrific for our league. And uh, yeah, I like the lions.
1: Um. Oh, what do you got to say, JT? No, you go. Uh, uh, going into this weekend's matchups, I will also be taking the tie Cats by one million points. Um, because this wouldn't be a pod if I didn't take the Ty Cats by a million. I'm also taking the Lions. I think Nathan Rourke and a full lions, then it's gonna be rocking. It's gonna be a really hard place for the Stampeders to play their game. So uh I'm gonna go with the, the all-cat lineup. This weekend, taking British Columbia and Hamilton.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, I, I got to go with BC as well. Um, I, I like Calgary and I like Jake Mayer, kind of like Troy said. But I uh, I just think Nathan Rourke has had a really special season, except for the injury. And uh, I don't think it ends in Calgary and I uh, would love to see that matchup in the West final as well. So let's make it happen.
1: All right. I think that just about wraps us up for today. It's nice to get a little playoff preview and talk some awards and not really like harp on the boys. Um, JT, any final words before we get out of here?
0: Just win, baby.
1: Just win, baby. Shit. I hope this isn't our final podcast for the season. Cause it's been a good run, you know, ups and downs, a lot of complaining, but hey, we're zero and zero. It's a whole new ball game. And always remember to eat them raw.